Hello and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 60 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch and I'm with Jake Slobodnik. Jake, how's it going? It's going good, man. Put in a nice hard day at work and now I'm here back at home. How about you? Same thing as well. And uh, we harp on the weather a lot, but I think spring might just be here to stay. It snowed the past two days, but today it's nice, and this weekend it's looking like it's going to be nicer. Yeah, it's uh, it was kind of weird because I rode into work today. We had two softball games to stream, and it was covered in snow, a little chilly, and I'm like, okay, I wonder, I'm surprised we're even having this game. And then by the time second game was done, it was mid-50s, all the snow was gone and melted, and it just goes to show just how wacky Pennsylvania's weather is. I wouldn't put my money saying that the weather is here to stay. I think we're going to get maybe one to two more snowstorms <laughs> just because that's how things go. But I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that, as you said, spring is here to stay. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, as for our Pirates, well, reality set back in, and I was kind of afraid that this would happen, but it happened. The Pirates were swept by the Milwaukee Brewers, the House of Horrors, at – what used to be called Miller Park, I'm not even going to bother to learn what it's called now. I don't really care. But uh, the Pirates lost three games at the Brewers, 6-1, to 5-2, to two, and 4-2. to two. And the biggest thing I really learned from this series is just how thin a line there is between really good teams and teams like the Pirates. Because if you think about it, the Pirates only really had three terrible innings in the entire series but at the end of the day those three innings are what separated the game in all three games it was one bad inning in each game and you know the pirates didn't hit they there was some some glimmers of hope on the pitching side but um overall the pirates scored five total runs in the entire series and when that happens you're going to struggle to win games and uh the brewers I mean, they're trying to win a World Series this year. They are the best team in the NL Central, I think. And they pretty much had a nice, easy sweep. And uh, the Pirates didn't really look great, especially on the hitting end. I don't know what you learned from this series. Uh, well, what I read this, one thing I rediscovered is that JT Brubaker is still ass. Um, <laughs> the guy just looked awful in his outing. And there weren't many bright spots in it. Um, and uh, one thing I did learn on a positive note, Mitch Keller, he, I would, in my opinion, said would say that he had arguably his best outing of the season, uh, maybe of his career today. Definitely. Um, he, uh, other than one mistake pitch to Rowdy Telez, I mean, he looked pretty dominant out there and held the hitters in check. And then, uh, it was really the bullpen that sort of let the screws get loose a little bit. Um, so I'm sure you'll want to talk about Mitch Keller a little bit, but I thought his outing looked good. Um, Zach Thompson, if we're talking about starting pitchers, I might as well talk about him too. Um, boy, I don't really know how to feel about his outing on uh, Monday. Um, it, I don't know. It's a little weird debating about him. I mean, I thought he looked okay despite giving up that uh, – horrendous grand slam. But other than that, I thought he looked okay, but I really learned something this week. And that was Derek Shelton hates success. Like 
the Pirates are were a game over 500. Uh, they were riding high. We thought that he had found a lineup that works, but as history has proven, this week was not any different. Uh, Diego Castillo hits, you know, his first major league home run on Monday. Daniel Vogelback goes two for three from the cleanup spot. Michael Chavis, another hit on Monday. So naturally, what does Derek Shelton do? He sits Diego Castillo and Michael Chavis yesterday in game two and uses, well, he brings back Diego for today, but plays him in right field, another infielder playing the outfield. And then he brings Michael Chavis in only for a pinch hit scenario. And guess what, Nate? He actually did really good. He got a hit, something that the Pirates struggled to do today. Um, but what else did we see? We saw that Derek Shelton really loves Cole Tucker, really loves uh, Josh Van Meter. Um, pretty much in hates, he hates success. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you're probably going to talk about this a little bit more, too. One thing that... I want to sort of pick apart with Tucker and Van Meter with those guys, especially I was listening to DK's daily shot from DK Pittsburgh sports this morning. And he kind of dissected Derek Shelton's, uh, I guess, decisions to let those two get more consistent time than say Diego Castillo or, you know, make way for some younger guys to come in. And he kind of said like, you know, they are in a do or die situation. So the more at bats and more looks they get, the easier it is to decide their future with the team and the organization. But it's just becoming infuriating at this point, seeing them get more of playing time over like Diego Castillo is a big one, Michael Chavis, obviously. And then I would even give guys like maybe Hoy Park, you know, a little bit of credit because, you know, he they're young and he's not getting any consistent playing time. It's all going to Cole Tucker and Josh Van Meter for some reason. So in a nutshell, what I learned this weekend, Derek Hel- Derek Shelton hates success. Despite a home run yesterday, Josh Van Meter still sucks. Cole Tucker should be DFA'd. The pitching, other than JT Brubaker, wasn't terrible. It wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible either. I don't know your thoughts, but that's just what I packed from these past three games. Um, as far as Derek Shelton goes... I do think that uh, it's it's more than just him. It's the it's a team effort on these decisions of who gets to play and who doesn't, and you know how often they get to play. I, they they do seem to plan it out, you know, days days ahead. And I agree. I am completely over Cole Tucker. I think think most people are. I I would hope that. The Colt Tucker experiment ends pretty soon here, but it's hard. I, I do get angry at the decisions that the team makes, but I guess for me, I'm kind of back on the, it's hard for me to really blame Shelton all that much because I wouldn't say they're necessarily his decisions, but also at the same time, I mean, this team just does not have a lot of talent but yes, as far as the lineup goes, I'd like to see uh, Chavis get every day at bats, as, as well as Castillo, and I would like to see less Van Meter and less Newman and less Cool Tucker, maybe a little more Hoy Park, I guess. But the thing is, there's just there's not a lot for this team, and this was a pretty sobering series because 
the Brewers, I mean, they didn't really hit well either in this series, but they just had their one good inning in each game, and that was the difference. Um, on the pitching side, though, I will say Brubaker was he was he was okay in the middle game. Uh, only two earned runs, definitely a step ahead, but. Yeah, I mean, his ceiling is like a fifth starter, maybe. If that, maybe a long reliever. He's not terribly great. Thompson, I think I think Thompson had a nice outing. He did give up six earned runs and the grand slam. But uh, stuff-wise, it looked to be like he has a nice repertoire of pitches. He has the cutter. He has the two-seam. He has the four-seam. He's got a little curveball, a little change-up. So I'm, I'm definitely intrigued from uh, for what – for what he brings. But yeah, back to Shelton. I mean, Thompson was obviously left in a batter too late, but I guess, I don't know. I guess that decision doesn't really bother me that much because the pirates only scored one run in that game anyway. So even if they get Yelich there, they lose two to one instead of six to one. Uh, the offense was just flat out terrible. I don't know. Uh, it, it might be time to, Maybe not worry about Brian Reynolds, but maybe raise our eyebrows a little bit. On the season now, he's at 227, 277, 364. I'm not worried yet, but he is slumping a little bit. Three strikeouts in the final game of the Brewers game. I guess I could be positive here. Mitch Keller was, he was what we hoped he would be in spring training today. Five and a third, only four hits given up, one earned run on a on a home run that the pitch wasn't bad. It was on the inside edge of the plate. Rowdy Tellez just turned on it and hit it out, but only 75 pitches, seven strikeouts. The key with him and the really encouraging sign from Mitch Keller today was 18 of 20 first pitch strikes. Uh, you love to see that. Obviously with Keller though, he's had good starts in the past. So, Let's see him do it again when he plays against the Brewers at home in his next start. And let's see it again after that. Um, Mitch Keller is definitely a key piece for this Pirates team that just absolutely desperately needs something from their starting pitching. Um, another positive in this series, though, was Ro- Rowanzi Contreras. Yet again, he was electric. Three innings pitched. He only gave up one hit, and yes, that one hit was a bomb of a home run. He hung a slider that Hunter Renfro didn't miss, but five strikeouts over three innings. The ERA is at about 350 right now, 352 to be exact. I'd love to see him get into the starting rotation. And I tweeted yesterday, it's gonna be really, it's gonna be really disappointing when this front office decides that Contreras needs to go back down to AAA. You know, once Sam Howard or Dwayne Underwood Jr., whoever comes back first, comes back. I would absolutely hate to see it. I think it's going to happen just because I'm being pessimistic here. But Contreras is he's the best pitcher on this team. He just is. I don't I don't know how to argue otherwise. But who knows? Maybe if Keller big, huge, if if Keller can can perhaps uh, string together a few starts and Contreras does Contreras things, maybe that is a glimmer of a top of rotation, top of your rotation. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe Zach Thompson can slide into the to the middle of that. Brubaker eating innings at the end of it. That's a semblance of a rotation, but uh, 
I mean, overall, just glimmers of decent things this series, but the offense was just flat out terrible. Although Daniel Vogelbach continues to be solid. Uh, he had another hit today in a walk. He's hitting at 324, 395, 529. And I like him in the leadoff spot. I do. He looks at pitches. And it sounds it sounds pretty, you know, we kind of laugh about that, but he, he kind of sets the table. Reynolds needs to get going. Brian Hayes, keep doing you. You're solid. Yoshi, time's ticking. Hitting 194. Ben Gamble, under 200. Uh, Diego Castillo, he is he is a, he's a nice piece, but even if you look at his stats, 273, 273, 394, so it's not like he's exactly lighting it up. But uh, whenever you look at other guys like Josh Van Meter, hitting 200. Kevin Newman, 206. Roberto Perez, 185. I don't understand why Michael Chavis isn't in the lineup every day somewhere. He's still hitting 500 on the year. Um, He needs to be getting every day at bats. He just does. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He needs to be in the lineup every single day until he's not as hot as he is. Still seems like he's cutting out the strikeouts a little bit, so that's solid. But overall, this series, pretty expected. And uh, there were some decent things, but yeah, I mean, the Pirates are bad and there's not a ton of great players on this team. No. And I mean, it's not like anybody expected this team to be great, but you know, you mentioned, you asked the question why Michael Chavis isn't in the lineup every day. It goes back to my first point. Derek Shelton hates success. He would rather play the guys that are, that are cellar dwellers, aren't doing anything instead of actually putting people in. And at least trying, giving his pitchers at least a valiant effort. You know, if you have your own motive of thinking of, you know, um, I'm going to put in these guys to see if they can salvage their careers any way they can, that's great. But you also got to think by doing that, you're not helping anybody who's on the mound. Because by not fielding the best lineup, Derek Shelton not only screwed Zach Thompson, and I know Thompson gave up that grand slam. We were put out of the water pretty early, but we didn't even have a fighting chance of coming back. The second game, JT Brubaker didn't have a supporting cast, and today it felt like a Sunday lineup with Mitch Keller pitching one of the best games of the year. I feel like if we had one of our better lineups out there, Mitch Keller actually could have walked away with a win today. But so or, you know, such is life. Things don't happen that way. Um, talking about Reynolds, yeah, it's he's got an early case of the yips, and I have no idea where to pinpoint this to. Um. I mean, it's uncharacteristic for him to strike out three times in a game, let alone do it all on pitches that are way out of the zone. Um, there was I poised the question on the Bucks dugout account. Was it the contract talks that maybe got in his head? And I don't mean, you know, him waiting for an extension, but I think seeing all, you know, all the social chatter about it sort of got in his head a little bit. And now that he's extended to two years, now he's sort of worried about it. I, I don't know. It's it, it's not something that's probably that's very probable, but. It, you can't forego that that idea just because of you know you gotta consider all things when a when a guy who stood out last year is now just I, I don't even know maybe it's a place in the lineup maybe he just needs to move down a little bit maybe the five six spots try to generate some some electricity from the middle of the lineup I, maybe that's where he finds his home I don't know um, you know me I love Yoshi and Ben but yeah they're they aren't, they aren't cutting it anymore. I mean, Yoshi can't keep looking at strikeouts all the time. Uh, ben Gamble just he 
Gamble kind of seems to me like he's the player that delivers in the clutch a little bit, especially at home. But and, and he's just a he's a stellar defenseman. Don't get me wrong. In the outfield, he is fun to watch, and uh, you know he will always he's always worthy of a possible uh, Sports Center top ten highlight clip from from every night. But offensively, if you're not generating and you're treading two hundred, if you're struggling to even get there, that's uh, that's a big concern in my opinion. He does. Yoshi and Ben do walk a decent amount, and that might be why they still get a lot of playing time. But I don't know. It's uh, I w- at the, I'm at the point where I would rather see Michael Chavis at first base instead of Yoshi Gamble. I would maybe keep in the outfield just for his defensive work and possibility of a late inning clutch hit and his and his ability to draw walks. That's my only really intriguing draw for Ben Gamble right now, but. It is getting painful watching these guys who sparked last year, even the slightest, and come into this season and just completely tank. And it's pretty sad. But um, that bottom of the lineup, I don't even want to talk about. Van Meter, Tucker, Perez, slash Nap. I don't even want to get into that. The revolving door of uh, of chaos. It's, <laughs> it, it's an easy three outs, in my opinion. I would rather see Diego Castillo in the lineup every day. Um Right field, I don't know. Mariznick, I'd rather, you know, I would rather see true outfielders playing out there, getting reps, especially when Mariznick is rotting on the bench. Why did we sign him if we're not going to play? It just makes no sense to me. I'd rather see him in the outfield. He's got speed. He knows He knows the outfield, too, because I, I get so – I got really upset, first of all, when Cole Tucker misplayed that, that ball in right. And listen, I understand, you know, that was a hard play to make. I think it was in game one. Um, but when you got Brian Reynolds looking at you, shaking your head, and if you're asking, yep. is that my ball? Dude, you're in the major leagues, and I know you're trying to adapt to an outfield spot, but you're in the major leagues. If you don't know whose ball is whose, then A, you either shouldn't be out there in the outfield, and you need to tell Shelty, hey, I can't hack it out there, get Mariznick out there. Or if, you know, I, I don't know. It's I, I get so tired of seeing this <laughs> because it seems like such a simple solution for this problem, but Derek Sheldon is not taking any sort of opportunity to fix it. And um, I don't know. And it, and it drives your point home sort of with how things have been managed lately that when um, Dwayne Underwood, I think when he's healthy, that's when Contreras is going to send down because they activated Sam Howard today before or during the game. And he was optioned triple a, which was a little bit of a shock to me, but um. Yeah, Mackie mm. tweeted out. I think it was like I did not see the fourth that. or fifth inning of the game. It was it was during a time when nobody would know. But um, I think when Underwood comes off, you're going to see Rolansi get sent down probably, and it's just going to be a continuation of this ever of this never ending problem of mismanagement in the organization and the games that we could win or could f- contend in. We're going to suck in, and it's going to be it sucks because of those you know this past weekend that we saw in the past homestand. But the reality is that's how it's going to be, and I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, back on the Reynolds thing, I'm not, I'm not worried quite yet. He did strike out three times today, and he struggled in this series, and all of the hitting struggled in this series. But I guess we do also have to remember that the Pirates faced off against the two top five Cy Young um, voters last season, Two in the top five, including the winner of the Cy Young Award. So 
Reynolds struggled today. The whole offense struggled this series. And I mean, it was a pretty pathetic showing, but the Brewers do have probably the best. They probably have the best uh, rotation pitching starting and bullpen wise in major league baseball. So just a tough draw for the pretty bad offense in general. I guess, I guess if I had to, to think like the most optimal starting lineup at this point, you'd probably go Vogelbach at DH, Reynolds center field, Hayes third base. Hayes continues to be good, which is nice. You're right. I would probably put Chavis at first, maybe Castillo at second, probably Newman at short, I guess. And then in the corner outfield spots, Marisnik and Gamble. But even that is a pretty awful lineup. So there's really not much to get excited for there. Um, yeah, the decisions are tough because you're not really working with much. Um, the team's just bad. That's just that's all there is to it. And we'll, we'll get glimmers of hope here and there against other bad teams. And hopefully this uh, this next series, this weekend series, the Pirates are able to make up some ground against another Pretty bad Cubs team. They get them for four games, I believe. And um, I don't know. I just you look at it. You you hope you hope that O'Neill Cruz gets ready fast. But even he he is struggling in AAA right now. He honestly might just be down in general because he started the year in AAA. I could see that being a possibility. Of he's just like, all right, well. I'm over this until I get called up and then maybe he'll show out then. I'm not sure, but he's been struggling. Um, I don't know. This, this lineup is rough though. At this point, there are three major league hitters in this lineup, three average hitters in this lineup, average to above average. And that's Vogelbach Reynolds and Hayes. And I hate to say it, but even the Vogelbach magic is probably going to run out here pretty soon. The guy is like a 200 career hitter. He's above 300 right now. I guess also at the t- same time, though, is you look at these averages, they're all terrible, but all of these guys are a two-for-four game away from, you know, having their stat stat line bounce back, and you look at it, and you're like, all right, that's not as terrible. But, yeah, this was a pretty sobering series, I guess you could say, and um, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. I guess we can look ahead here to the next series. And I mentioned that will be at the Cubs and looking at these pitching matchups right here, starting tomorrow, the pirates will play. It'll be a rare Wrigley field night game. And we'll have Bryce Wilson go up against Mark lighter jr. Who maybe the pirates will have a chance here. Mark Leiter Jr. was terrible in his only pitching appearance this season. Three and a third innings, gave up seven runs, walked four. So perhaps the Pirates will be able to take advantage and score a little bit. And then the other three games are all rematches, I believe. Uh, we got Jose Quintana against Drew Smiley. That's a rematch. Zach Thompson against Kyle Hendricks. That's a rematch. Brubaker. Uh, didn't pitch against the Cubs. I forgot that was only a two-game series the first time. But in the final game of the series, Brubaker will face off against Justin Steele, who also not too great on the season. 
Uh, he has pitched 12 innings and given up six earned runs. So he's, I mean, 450 ERA early on. That's pretty average. But uh, Pirates, I think they'll have a chance to take a few of these games. I would like them to split. I'd be happy with a split. Anything less than a split, I'd be a little disappointed. They have a chance to take three. I just, I don't think the Cubs are good. I really don't. And we'll see what happens, you know, with these rematch games. But I think the Pirates have a chance to steal a few here. I definitely think the opener is very well within our reach. Mark Leiter, as you said, struggled against a Rockies lineup, which is, I mean, give or you, people have their own opinions on how the Rockies stack up, but to me, they're not a great lineup. They're not even a good lineup. They're either mid to lower tier. So if you struggle against them, then I think, I think we have a shot, especially uh, if we put out the right lineup, I think, uh, I think we got a major <laughs> shot. Um, Quintana against Smiley in game two. I don't know. I think Quintana's going to struggle. Um, the only reason I say that is I think the I, I want to say I want to be optimistic, but I can't be. His first appearance was a fluke. Uh, it was a fluke, good game. Realized he didn't get much uh, offensive help. Um, there was a lot of ma- not to sound really weird, but there's magic in the air because the home openers played at four twelve. Uh, I mean, there was a lot surrounding yeah. his first start. So, of course, you got to go out there and, uh, you know, put out your best show. But, you know, now this is just a standard uh, day game at Wrigley. It's not nothing much is weighing on it. I think he's going to struggle. And I think Smiley's going to look a little bit better than what everybody say he, says he, you know, they're pretty, he's pretty much going to, you know, beat expectations. Um, Thompson and Hendricks, I think, is going to be the one where all the money's at. I mean, Thompson pitched very well against the Cubs his first go around and Hedrick struggled, especially to the lo- lesser known hitters in the lineup like Ben Gamble. Um, I think the pirates have a chance to win that one. I'm going to go with it. Honestly, I'm just going to say they split two and two. Um, I really want to be optimistic and say we take three, but I can't put my money on Brubaker in game four. And like I said, I think Quintana's going to, his first start was a fluke. Um, I think he's going to, Maybe not be terrible this game, but I think he's going to struggle a little bit, and um, it's going to result in an L for the Pirates. So they'll win, lose, win, lose. That's my that's my predictions for the series. Yeah, that's fair. I think a split is definitely uh, possible, and I'd be happy with a split before returning home again for three more with the Brewers. And you hope that they can maybe win one of those games this time, being that they are at home, but. Yeah, as far as the Cubs go, um, a split would be nice. Hey, I'll say this. At least the Pirates aren't the Reds. The Reds, who at the time of recording this, are 2-10. and They've lost eight straight. They're about to make it nine straight because they're losing to the San Diego Padres 6-0. We're not Reds, so that's good. The Reds look terrible. I just wanted to... Throw that out there to make us feel a little bit better about ourselves, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, with the Pirates, uh, you know, you just gotta hope that you gotta hope that Brian Reynolds bounces back. You gotta hope to get a little more from the starting rotation. The bullpen's great. The bullpen looks great. Will Crow continues. He didn't pitch any any innings this series, but he continues to be solid. Stratton's fine. Bednard's fine. Dylan Peters, we didn't mention him. He was awesome in the first game of the series. Uh, he went what? How many scoreless did he go? Three scoreless? Four scoreless? 
He went three scoreless, didn't give up a hit, three strikeouts, one walk. Still has not given up a run this season. Dylan Peters is solid, so uh, kudos to him. And Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller, we'll see if he's back. He's definitely the story of this series. One good start, baby. No walks, seven strikeouts, five and a third. Probably going to finish the sixth inning. But the leash was, uh, it was planned that he was going to come out. I didn't hate that all that much. Anthony Banda came in and uh, he finished off the inning. And Anthony Banda, solid, solid little sweep up role. Uh, when you look at it, when you look at the kind of philosophy of the pitching staff right now with the piggybacking, Anthony Banda has settled in nicely to the sweep up role being, you know, Keller pitches. First five innings comes in for the sixth, gets one out, and Banda can come in and finish the inning. It seems like he's the finish the inning guy for the first starter, so the second piggyback guy can come in and start fresh. Today that was Miguel Yajure, who I'm 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 disappointed in Miguel Yajure. Uh He got lit up ob- obviously in this game, this final game of the series. Um, what did he do? He pitched. One inning, gave up the home run to Keston Hira, who has just been awful for like the past year. But Hira was able to take him deep for a three-run shot. He only went one, gave up three earned, four hits, just not pretty. The ERA is up to nine. I expected more from Yohure, but perhaps Yohure could be someone that gets sent down to kind of work on his his stuff a little more. But uh I don't know. The pitching staff stock up on the pitching staff overall. Not not the greatest. And obviously the Brewers had huge innings in each of the games. But for you know <laughs> what's nine times three? Twenty-seven innings. The Pirates pitched pretty well in like twenty-four of them. So I'll I'll say that's a positive. Yeah, that is a big positive. And I'm glad you mentioned Dylan Peters, his efforts, because he's looked really good and just those Pretty much everybody except you hurry in the bullpen. I'll even give Aaron Fletcher a little bit of credit just because he's yeah. a little bit better lately. So give credit where credit is definitely due. Um, really the only negative spot in that bullpen right now is you hurry. And I, I think he is going to get sent down, but yeah, you got to talk about the positives, you know, weigh it out. And when you like what you did, you put the numbers together, 24, 27 innings where pitchers were for the pirates were really dominant. I'll take that any day. Um, Obviously, you want to work on that a little bit, but yeah, they have looked a lot. They have looked really good, and I think this is the first time our bullpen looks a lot better than our starting rotation. Now it's just time to build on that, and I think once May comes around and we're going to see some roster moves, that overhaul come around, it'll give us a true definition of what to expect the rest of the season. Um, if I'm if I'm them, keep Rowansi up, send your hurry down, get him some reps in AAA, send Tucker and maybe even Van Meter down, and get guys like Castro up, and you know let's see some new names who have been succeeding and bring them up, especially in the pitching staff. Cause uh, that definitely needs some work. Yeah. Rodolfo Castro has been lighting it up so far in AAA. Um, I would definitely love to see him up and get at bats over the Cole Tuckers, Kevin Newman's and Josh Van meters of the world for sure. And yeah, I just want to give a quick little shout out to Aaron Fletcher, three scoreless innings after getting just obliterated on opening day. And I kind of made fun of him pretty pretty harshly after that opening day. He gave up two bombs. But today, scoreless inning, two strikeouts. And 
his loopy lefty style. I mean, I'm, I don't hate it right now. He's he's been he's been solid since opening day. Even even if opening day was a complete disaster. Um, any any anything else you want to mention here before we sign off? Um, I'll give another shout out to a Triple A guy, Cal Mitchell. He's been eating it up lately. Um, him and Mason Martin have been really good. So for those that are you know, keeping their expectations high of who we could see later in the season. Those two guys are making a strong case to come up to the MLB. Um, and uh, Jack Sawinski, another home run tonight for Altoona. So there's going to be, I'd say there's a lot of two promotions that are on the way. Yeah. And the Indians are seven and six on the season. And also we mentioned him on the last pod, but Mason Martin, um, still striking out a lot, but his numbers look solid and the power is there. So if it doesn't work out for Yoshi or if Vogelbach comes down back down to earth, perhaps Martin at some point this season can come up to the lineup for the major league team and provide some desperately needed pop. That's the thing too, is that this team just does not hit many home runs and, I mean, that's a huge problem. And it seems like, too, I don't know if you've seen around the league, it seems like the baseball, you know how Rob Manfred loves to switch up the baseball every season, it seems like. But early early uh, examinations of the ball this year does seem that it's back, it's back down to being dead-end a little bit. Um, I was listening to Effectively Wild, the baseball podcast on Fangraphs, and Ben Lindbergh kind of uh, said that the ball is at 2016-type levels, not quite as dead as 2014, but kind of in the 2016 range, but not quite as juicy as it has been in past years. So for the game overall, I like that. For the Pirates... Not great considering the team has absolutely zero power now. Um, But, yeah, we'll see what Mason Martin is able to do when he comes up, as well as um, Rodolfo Castro, as well as Cal Mitchell, guys like that. So that'll be exciting, especially, too, when you realize that they'll be replacing the guys that we hate seeing. And I mentioned a tweet here yesterday a, a little power rankings of players that i'm just flat out over watching and there's a list already and it's led by Colt tucker followed by josh van meter who i get it he hit a home run congratulations what did do don't really care that doesn't really change my opinion of him uh he's second third's kevin newman who just if i have to hear about how great his glove is after making a routine play at shortstop one more time i don't know what i'm gonna do but he's third on the list. And then Hoy Park's fourth, but that's a light fourth. I definitely want to see what Hoy Park has to bring a little more, definitely more than those top three. I, if those top three didn't play another inning for the Pirates, I would not lose one bit of sleep. And that's where we are. We're only, <laughs> we're only 12 games into the season, and I already have that strong of a take on three players on this team. But that's it for me. Um, Jake. Twitter, what do we got? Find me Twitter at underscore radio Jake. Nate, where we can where can we find you? Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. And of course, check out Bucks Dugout at Bucks Dugout. And uh we'll be back here probably recording again Sunday afternoon following the four game series 
with the Pirates and the Cubs. Hopefully the Pirates can lift our spirits up a little bit more. But uh, they were swept against the Brewers at Milwaukee's newly named not Miller Bar Ballpark Park. And uh, five and seven. They're not the Reds. They're not two and eleven. So that's a that's a positive. Jake, have a great rest of your day. Listeners, have a great rest of your day as well. And peace out. Later.